Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Today we're continuing to learn Masechus Yevamos, Perek Dalit, Mishnah Gimel, Mishnah Dalit, and we're not going to discuss the intricate laws of Yevamos today, but rather the laws of inheritance as it pertains to Yevamos. And a little background, or a lot of background. The halacha normally is that if a woman is Mekadish, he, he uh, does Kedushin with the woman, he still has no right to any of her property between the time that he betrothes her and the time that they complete the marriage. However, there's a dispute in Ksubos, which we'll get there hopefully soon, between Beishama and Beishilo. What happens if she inherits property during this period? Beishama said it's completely hers, and she could do what she wants with it, whereas Beishilo says no, since the husband expects to get it, therefore it's, he's, she's not allowed to uh, sell it, and that goes to the husband. Our mission is now going to deal with what happens if the woman inherits property between the time that her husband dies and the time that her Yavam comes along and... Uh, and, and completes the Yavamos, completes it. And we're going to see that both Beisham and Hill are going to agree that when he does so, when he does so, um, well, we'll see it. They agree that it's totally hers, um, and since it's totally hers, therefore she can do what she wants with it. Okay, that's the easy part of the Mishnah. Now it's going to get complicated. I'm sorry. By the way, why is it that they both agree? Because they both agree, because it's very possible he'll just get to Chalitza and want to give him, and then none of the property will ever go to him, so he'll can't claim he anticipated it, because he doesn't know yet. Here's the more complicated part. When a, woman, when a man marries a woman, there is a ksuba, which we read under the chuppah. Now, people often think that ksuba might be some uh, lovey-dovey document. It's not. It's a very technical uh, uh, document detailing what exactly the monetary obligations that the husband has towards his wife. They include either a payment of 100 or 200 zuz, depending on where, uh, what she, where she's holding for the first marriage or second marriage. It's 100 200 zuz, plus and he can add a tosefis additional amount, which he commits to gift her in the event that the marriage terminates. And marriages can terminate in one of two ways, either death, the theme of Armasechta, or divorce. So, 100 or 200 zuz, that's what he owes her in the ksuba. Now, it also happens to be that what if a woman comes into a marriage and she brings property with her? Her husband was a big property baron, and he, her father was a big property baron, and when he died, she inherited for whatever house. She has his property. Well, she make, she has now has to – she's entering into the new relationship. She has to create some sort of a – um, some sort of way of uh, some sort of transaction, some sort of a agreement, better yet, with her new husband, how exactly he's going to, uh, what his relationship will be to this property. Again, she needs to have an agreement what her husband's relationship is going to be to this property. And it can go one of two ways. Now, again, this is all, this is, this is not all in the Ksuba, although some of it's mentioned. She has what's called Nichseit Son Barzel and Nichseit Malug. What is Nichseit Son Barzel and what is Nichseit Malug? Very simple. Nixit Son Barzel is property that is hers, and she effectively says to her, her husband, so long as we remain married, you have full rights to this property, and you have full responsibility to this property. You can use it as you wish, you can do what you want to it, and if our marriage terminates, either in, mar- either in death or divorce, either your estate or you have to pay me back the, the uh, amount, the price of what this property is valued at, at this very moment of the beginning of our marriage. Meaning to say, if you increase the amount of this land, you don't have to pay me for the increase, and you can keep that for yourself. And if it decreases, you also you have to assume that risk and still pay me what exactly it's, it's worth right now at the time of our marriage. That's called nichseit son barzel. Nichseit malug is a little different. It's not that, nichseit malug, it's not that 
her um she says to her husband you have full rights to this property so much so that it's effectively your property for the duration of the marriage and again all you're going to do at the end of a marriage uh, if it terminates however it does is pay me what it, what the cost is now and by the way that cost is written into the ksuba so let's say he, she has a uh, nice piece of parcel of land in up in Sussex County, New Jersey, where she has a farm, and it's valued at $100,000 in 1992 or 93. And she says to her husband then, okay, this is your property until the end of our marriage. And then in 2023, uh, he up, uh, whatever, the heat, they decide to get divorced. He has to just give her that $100,000 and and and, base, and also remove what if the property went up, he can take he can detract it from that 100000 Okay, that being said... There's another way to do this. It's called nixim Malug, where the wife says, you know what, I don't really want to part with my land. I still want it to be considered a landowner. So rather than saying, right now, you have to give me, uh, you assume all responsibility and ownership of the land and just pay me up at the end, she says, I'm, I'm retaining the land. You can now use the land. And in the event, in the event that this marriage terminates, you're going to, uh, I'm going to, excuse me, Look, she says to him, you can use this land, you can rent it out, you can build in it, as long as you don't destroy it, do whatever you want with it, you can reap all the benefits, and then if this marriage terminates, you just have to return the land to me. But because I am always considered the owner of it, I'm not giving you the land, I'm just giving you the right to use the land, right? Nixley Tom Barry I'm giving you the land versus here, I'm not, I'm not giving you the land, I'm giving you the right to use it, so you return to me at whatever price that it's valued at uh, whenever the marriage ends. So again, the difference between Nixley Tzom Barzil and Nixley Milug, in summary, is Nixley Tzom Barzil, she's effectively saying, you have all rights and ownership of this land, and all you have to do at the end of this marriage is give me what it costs right now, at the moment of marriage, whereas Nixley Milug, she's like, I don't want to part with this land, I'll let you use it, you can rent it out, you can't destroy it, we can rent it out, and in the, in the event this marriage terminates, you have to pay, you just give me back the land, return the land, at whatever value it is, so if it went up in value, I, uh, I win, if it went down in value, I lose. Okay. That is a long introduction to what happens now in the following. This woman, husband dies. So now her brother are going to do Yibam and Mesa. She dies. I give out. So the question is going to be there are three things we have to determine. Who gets the 100 and 200 or, or 200 Zuz that are promised in the Ksuba or whatever Tosefis? Who gets the Nixley Tzom Barzel and who gets the Malug property? And now who are the, uh, who are the people at play here? Who are the uh, potential inheritors? There is her father and there are her husband's uh, family, i.e., the person, her husband's brother, who was supposed to do Yibam with her. So, Mesa, she dies. What should be done with the property that enter and leave the marriage? The third of the Maluk properties. What should be done also? Sorry, I skipped. What should we do with the Ksuba? So we said the Ksuba includes the 100 or 200 Zuz and the additional amount in its own barzel, which is written into the Ksuba, and the Maluk properties. So, Bishami is only going to address the second question. Bishami Omrim, Yach local Yarshi Habal in Yarshi Ha'ab. The the uh, her father's Yarshins, so either her father or, the, or her father's boys, or or her, her husband's uh, Yarshin, which is going to be the brother, ironically, they have to divide the property, and that's because we're not sure. In this case, Ma'amir was done, right? It was she was just a Yavam, but Ma'amir was done, and consistently, we're not sure what is the status of Ma'amir. It does it work? Does it not work? And therefore, when you, when there's a doubt in monetary matters, we always say Yachloko. We split it between the two uh, the two parties. The property that are um, that are tzon barzel, remain under their previous status. What's their previous status? Well, that's actually unclear. Is it the is it was it a hers or is it her husband's? And therefore, we say yachloka there as well. Ksuba becheskas yarshi habal that goes to her that belongs to her husband since um, she never had a claim to the money. Um, she only has a claim to the money of the ksuba if her husband dies 
or, or they get divorced, and she's nowhere to go. But here, she, because she automatically Azika applies to her new uh, to her husband's brother, so she never gets a claim to the Ksuba, and therefore, and therefore it goes to the Yarshebal immediately, even if there wasn't Ma'amer. And Nechasim, Nechasim, Yotzimimo, and the Mlug properties, Bechesk, Yarshiav, they remain under the previous status, i.e., they belong to her father's heirs, since Mace Hill holds, Ma'amer gives the Yavam no rights to the, to the Yavama property at all. Okay, Mishnah Dalit. Kinso, what happens if the Yavam marries a woman? Harry, he Ishtil Holdover, she's his wife in every respect, she's his full wife. The only difference is between a wife that you marry through Yibam or regular, except that the responsibility for Ksuba, should the Yavim die or divorce her, rests on the property of her first husband rather than on the property of the Yibam. I wish you all a wonderful day.